great to see everybody tonight. I know that there are a lot of people who are traveling. As a matter of fact, my family will be hitting the road uh, as soon as we finish here tonight. If you got on Facebook this afternoon, it was kind of a who's who of who's sick. Uh, this, I got the flu, I got the bug, this is going on, things you don't want me to talk about going on. Uh, a lot of things going around. And uh, so I'm just thrilled to see everybody here tonight. I remind you to wash your hands when you leave here. Uh, we, we share our germs very often. Uh, but just a thrill that we can come together and we can focus tonight on some very special things. Ethan, thank you for leading our singing. Wherever he went, somebody's going to sleep. I heard. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate Ethan leading our singing when I heard he was going to be back with us. I know Josh is still on his honeymoon. Um, I don't guess it's a surprise anymore. Josh is in Hawaii uh, with, with, his, with his lovely bride, and so they're having a great time. But uh, appreciate Ethan for leading our singing. Uh, it's always just a smoothness when Ethan leads our, leads our singing that uh, I personally can't, can't duplicate. So I appreciate his willingness to do that. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot this time of year are presents. I know we were packing to go to Missouri, and one of the things we had to pack was a big old box full of presents. Uh, presents for the kids, presents for the parents, and presents for the grandparents. And, and I'm actually, I'm hoping to actually get a few presents to come back my way. Uh, whenever we had the thing for the Carl Perkins foster kids on Thursday night, you know, one of the highlights of the evening was the fact that Santa Claus came. And one of the things that I got to do is I got to stand there and make sure all the kids didn't rush Santa Claus at once, make sure they stayed in line and did what they were supposed to do. And so I tried to occupy the time just by asking them, so, so what are you going to ask Santa Claus for? And it was really a pretty interesting conversation that there were some kids, it was pretty predictable, it sounded like my kids, that they wanted Legos, they wanted Barbie dolls, um, that there, were, there were several puppy dogs that, that, that were thrown in there. One little kid looked me straight in the eye and said, I want a monkey. I don't know how Santa Claus answered that, that, that child, but that's Santa Claus's problem. Uh, <laughs> but I... But, the, the truth is, we all have all of these things that, that we like and we have in our mind. Maybe, maybe my wife will get me this or maybe my parents will, 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 will get me that. And I just wanted us to spend just a, a little bit of time this evening talking about the things that every one of us can have. Talking about the, the greatest gifts that, that have ever been given and that ever will be given. Sometimes I think that there's probably more overlap but between what we call Thanksgiving and what, and what we call Christmas than, than sometimes we acknowledge. Because this is really a time that, that I believe that, that as we grow and as we mature, it's a time that we can reflect on how much we have. A time that we look around, and friends, if we look around, we can see there's a lot of people who don't have the things that we have. There's people who don't have the nice clothes that we have and the nice cars that we have and the nice houses that we have. And I know that there are people who have more than everybody in this room. But I also understand that most of us in this room have more than an awful lot of people. But beyond the physical, beyond the things that are so tangible in our lives every day, there are some of the greatest gifts that are free for any one of us to have. Better than anything under the tree better than anything that we could wake up to on Christmas morning, the presence that we can take home with us tonight, the greatest gifts of all. You know, the golden text of the Bible we sometimes talk about is John 3 and verse 16. We're trying to teach our children, and I was so proud of how many of, the, of them I could tell are, getting, are finally getting the verse in their head because it's so foundational to, to everything that we are as Christians. I mean, this just sums it up, doesn't it? For God 
so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, you think of the depth of that. As it, as it gives us a glimpse into the problem of sin that we have, but yet the solution to sin is the fact that we have a God who loves us. And just for a moment to focus upon not, not the world that God loves, although God does love the world, but on the love that God has for me and the love that God has for you. You know, one day I'm going to preach a, a lesson on, on self-esteem because, because I think that self-esteem is such a, a driving issue in so many people's lives and, and can cause a lot of problems if we don't have a proper perspective of self. But one of the things that I always think of are, are all of the reasons that somebody shouldn't love me. I think of all the reasons that I'm unworthy. Unworthy for earthly relationships. Un- unworthy for earthly positions. But then when I start thinking about my relationship with God, to, to, to know that I have a home in heaven above, why would God love me? Why would God love you? Well, the reality is, I've done things and you've done things to, to make... To, 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 to give Him every reason to forget about us, but He hasn't done it. That's the love that God has for us. And He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross. That's the greatest gift, to have someone die for you. That's better than anything you're going to put a bow on, friends. We've all had people in our lives who have sacrificed Dennis talked to us this morning during the, during the Lord's Supper about sacrifice. We all know what it means to sacrifice for people. We all know what it means to have people sacrifice for us. But, but this goes above and beyond. This isn't just money that was given up or time that was given up or convenience that was given up. It was life. It was life of the very Son of God that was given up so that we might live. Friends, no one's ever given you anything greater than that. And if you leave here not not knowing or understanding one of the things that we talk about tonight, leave here knowing that. Knowing that Jesus Christ died for you. And I would contend that if you really know that, if you really believe that with all of your heart and with all of your mind, that cannot help but change your life. It cannot help but change your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with your children and your relationship with this world. Because you are a person of great value, even in the eyes of God. You see, this gift is the gift of salvation. That's why Jesus died, right? Jesus didn't come into the world just to do good, although He did a lot of good. He didn't come here just to heal people, although He healed a lot of people. He didn't come here just to feed people, even though He fed a lot of people. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That's why He lived, and that's why He died. And everything in His life works towards that that goal or towards that purpose. He came to seek and to save my lost soul. I love the way Paul puts it in Romans 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death. That's the bad part. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all of those reasons that I can think of that I ought to stand condemned and all those reasons that He ought not care about me and all those reasons that He ought to dismiss me, He does away with those things. And I leave here tonight, I stand here tonight, 
Instead of a man who is condemned by my own sin, I stand as a man who is justified by the grace of God. That's the gift. That's the, that's the opportunity. We extend the invitation Sunday after Sunday, every Wednesday night, every time we go. Well, why, why do we continue to extend the invitation? Do you not know what's going to be said? We continue to extend the invitation. Friends, because, because of its vital importance. Because of the possibility that there might be one here whose relationship is not what it ought to be or not what you want it to be. And maybe that person is you. Or maybe that person is me. Or maybe that person is your child or your parent. And that soul needs to know. Friends, the gift is here. The gift is here. There's no reason. There's no reason for anyone in this world to lose their soul. Hell is such an, ugly, such an ugly subject, it's a, but it's a reality. But it's a reality that ought not cause us to lose any sleep. Because it's a reality that, friends, ought to be the reality of what we will not receive. That helps us to see the reality of what we will receive. Friends, I don't, I'm not fearful of those things. Why? Because of the gift of God. Because He offers something to you and something to me and something to mankind. He offers us eternal salvation. That's the gift. That's the gift that He wants us to have. Of course, there are so many things that go along with that gift. I think about the peace. The peace of what it means to be a Christian. You know... One of, the, one of the more intriguing verses in all the Bible is here in Philippians 4 and verse 7 when it speaks of the Christian life. And we hinted at this this morning where he talks about taking all of our cares and all of our anxieties and, and casting them upon the Lord. Do you have cares? Do you have anxieties? Do you have children? Do you have parents? Do you have jobs? I mean, it's almost a, a, silly, almost a silly question to ask, Right? I mean, are there things on your mind? Certainly there are. I mean, that, that, that's a part of life. But for so many people, those are things that are crushing in our life. How many times have we been tempted to be, to be overwhelmed by this thing that we call life? Yeah, but you're a Christian. I know I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean I, I, don't, have, I don't have worries. That doesn't mean I don't have anxiety. It means that I take those, those worries and I take those anxieties and I cast them upon the Lord. Those things that I can't fix. Those things that, that, that I can't do anything about. Those things that are outside of my control. You all have those things, don't you? And when I do so, I come with this acknowledgement, although I'm not in control, God is in control. And what a peace that brings to me. The peace which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love to think of it as the peace that doesn't make any earthly sense. The peace that people have in their lives whenever we look at their lives and everything's falling apart. And some of you know what that looks like. Some of you have seen it. Some of you have experienced it. But yet, there's a calmness to them. And those in the world would look at them and they could say, how are you not losing it? How are you not losing your head? I mean, you've got this going on and this going on and all of these things, right? Amanda, you've had 20 kids. You know something about this, right? You've got all these things. How are you holding it together? And the answer is I have God in my life. And that makes all the difference. He's the one in control. 
And I struggle to remind myself, I don't have this down, but I'm growing in, in this grace, I hope, every single day. To say, to say all of those things that, that, that I want to lose sleep over and I want to worry about, God is the one that's in control. And whatever God wants to happen, it, that's what's going to happen. And I trust Him with those things. I trust His hand, and I trust His plan, and I trust His will in my life. And when I can say, not my will be done, but thy will be done, which is a harder prayer to pray than sometimes we give credence to, friends, I'm going to have peace. Not because all my problems disappear. If that's what you're expecting, you're going to be out of luck. It's not going to happen. But because I know that God is in control. That's what God offers to us, to every child of God. A gift of peace, a gift of hope. We talked this morning as we looked at Ezekiel's uh, prophecy there, as we look at, at, at Ezekiel's prophecy there in that valley of, of the dry bones. But God says, on your worst day, I want you to understand that there's hope. I want you to understand it is always appropriate to talk about God. It's always appropriate to talk about who He is and what He's going to do. That's always appropriate. That is, by its very definition, this thing that we call hope. What keeps you going? Well, there are so many things that, that make people say, I just want to give up. There's one thing that's always worth fighting for. That's God. That's the gift. I think about what Peter said in 1 Peter 1 and verse 3 when he spoke of the Christian life. And he said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, has sent, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Friends, I can even go down to the funeral home. On the day that I die, friends, you can come to the funeral home and you can, and you can shed your tears and you can share your memories, but when you leave that place... You don't grieve as those who have no hope. Friends, you grieve as people who have a righteous expectation. It's going to be okay. God is still in control. This is not the end. If you lose your job, it's not the end. If somebody dies, that's not the end of the matter. You know, if your house burns down, that's not the end of the matter. If, if you, you fill in the blank with all the things that cause people to lose hope. And what, the, and what the Lord says, if the Lord is in your life and what He wants to be, that's not the end of the story. Because there is always hope for the child of God. And you won't get anything under your tree like that. These are the things that change your life. These are the things that change your families. These are the things that change our world. And these are the things that, that, that change our eternity. These are the things that every single one of us should carry with us as we leave here tonight and every step of our lives. Finally, we think about the gift of forgiveness. Oh, don't you wish that there were things that you could take back? Aren't there things that you've done and things that you've said that you hope nobody knows about, but you know some people know about and you're certain God knows about them? Don't you have those things? I've got those things. I'm not going to tell you what they are, who they are, but I've got them. And God says those things that you would give anything to take back. I can take them back. 
I can forgive you of those things. The idea of being born again that Jesus talked to Nicodemus about. A chance to have a fresh start, a second chance. That's what He offers to us. I love to think of the Apostle Paul as we did in our Bible class this morning. But Paul talked about his life as he wrote to Timothy. And Timothy, this young preacher, needed to hear this. Paul was not the man who had done everything perfect all of his life. But Paul said as he wrote in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 13, he said, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement that is deserving of full acceptance that that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I and foremost of all. And when there are people who just can't get over their past, friends, the answer is Jesus Christ. For He is the only one who can allow us to get over the past to overcome the past and to put those things in a place that God says He will remember no more. See, I can't do that for you. I can't do those things for you. You can't can't know Wes Hazel and just have perfect peace in your life. I'm not an all-inspiring figure of hope on the worst day of your life. I can't do anything about the sins that you've committed and that I've committed. I can't save a man's soul. So I can't put those things under your tree. But the reality is, friends, whether it's Christmas or the 4th of July, God stands ready and willing to give every man every one of those things if we will simply take them, if we will simply receive them from Him. That's the greatest gift of all. And so if you're here tonight as someone who's not right with God, if you're here tonight as one who isn't sure whether you're, whether you're going to have an eternity in heaven, if you're here tonight as someone who is overwhelmed by the things of this world and the idea of peace is a foreign object to you, if you feel like you just have no hope and you're just going through the motions, you feel plagued by the past that you've lived. Friends, Jesus Christ says, this is my gift to you. And He says it from a cross on Calvary. That's the invitation. Friends, if you have that need to be born again tonight, if you have a need to come and receive these gifts, this is your chance. Come tonight as we stand and as we sing.